Hello and welcome to the Arista Wealth Podcast, where we focus on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle, so you can focus on living your dreams. We'll help you navigate through important topics so that you can elevate your life and financial health. Let's get started with your host, Paul Moffitt. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Arista Advice. We're very excited to have on episode 37 with us today, a wonderful, high-performing individual, Bobby Keller. She's a great person. And she's done so much. She's experienced so many great things in this life. Most people haven't heard a doctor tell them, you shouldn't be alive. But Bobby has. And her personal story of rebuilding her health to become a vibrant athlete is inspiring. And it offers hope to all of us that anything is possible for them. One of Bobby's great strengths is in helping people to just start and to learn their way forward. This is rooted in her belief that while goal setting and having a vision is important, it's more important to just start. Nothing happens until you do. No progress can be made and no learning can be created until we put ourselves in the game. Welcome to Arista Advice Wealth Podcast, Bobby. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Great to have you. And Bobby, you call home Denver, Colorado. Outside of Denver, up in the mountains, Grand Lake, Colorado, but we're right over the continental divide from Denver. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. We always like to know where yeah, our listeners are that's beautiful. calling cool. in from, and that's a beautiful country up there. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, you're very fortunate. We've been visiting and talking, and we really appreciate you taking some time because we know that you and your husband are super busy. To jump right into it, Bobby, let's talk about three things that our listeners can do and think about on how to silence the just wait voice and the move forward faster voice that is in their mind. And in many cases, paralyzes or keeps them stuck where they are. Yeah. So great question. So the just wait voice, a little bit of context, that's that voice that we all have that tells us to wait, right? Just as we're about to take action, it's like, you know, it brings up some fear or some reason why we should wait. You know, it always appears to be logical. So the science behind this, before I get to the three things, is there something called positive intelligence, PQ for short. And what it really is, is mental fitness. So mental fitness is the capacity to respond to life's challenges with a positive mindset rather than a neutral, negative, or stressed mindset. So when something happens or there's a challenge, an obstacle, or even an opportunity, we're ready to respond to it. And if we're not ready to respond, that's when we kind of get stuck in the just wait part of it. So there are three core muscles. So there are three core things we can do. Everyone has what the researchers have called saboteurs. And there's 10 inner saboteurs that they've identified. The universal one, though, is the judge. And that's usually the one that crops up to say, who are you to try this? Or you're not the best fit for this, or you should be afraid of this. I mean, is that kind of resonating right there a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there's only 10. (laughs) There's only 10. Then the good news is we don't usually have all 10, but like some, so there's the universal, that's the judge. And then there are nine accomplice saboteurs. And there's like, and a lot of these are self explanatory, but you've got the avoider, you have the controller, you have the hyper achiever, you've got the hyper rational. You have the hypervigilant. That's the one who worries about everything. And that was one of my key ones. Then you have the pleaser. You have the restless, the stickler, which is the perfectionist. And then you have the victim. And they act in concert with each other. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, in, keep going, Bobby. Keep going. Okay. Now the cool thing is a lot of times people when they hear there's like, oh yeah, I've got the perfectionist or I'm the hyperachiever. And here's the thing. This is what makes it really tricky, Paul. Like I fall into like hyperachiever can be kind of high for me. And that's a good thing, right? So much of our success, we can trace back to these. It's when we take it too far. That's when it's a problem. So it's when we overuse a strength and now that strength is really working against us. And that's actually what led to my health collapse way back in the day in 2003. So the first thing we want to do is we want to identify which saboteurs do we have. And like I said, sometimes like as we start talking about them, like people can say, oh, yeah, I've got this one or I get that one. But there is a free assessment people can take. It takes like five minutes and it tells you which ones you have. And the cool thing about that is once you get that, you get a report and it will say, oh, you know, for you, hypervigilance is one of your high ones. And it will tell you how that shows up and what it says to you in those moments. And that's a critical first step because what that does is it helps us kind of create like a wanted poster for our saboteur (laughs) so we can recognize it and we can recognize it quickly because that's the first step. We have to recognize in those moments that it's the saboteur talking to us, it's not truth. So that's step one. Okay. Okay. Now, step two, it's something called, because there are three mental fitness muscles. The second muscle is the sage muscle. And this is having the perspective, the sage. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some people will call that the creative brain, right? And it depends on which scientist you, you follow. The critical thing there, though, is that when we're in that saboteur site type, you know, mindset, or sometimes we call that the survival brain, which is when we're in fear, we don't have access to the most creative parts of our brain, which is where the, you know, the sage brain. And the sage brain is responsible for things like creativity, clarity, empathy, compassion, it's tied to better negotiation skills. It makes us at our most effective. We, that's when we're the best problem solvers. But that part of the brain cannot be activated when we're in the saboteur mindset space. Gotcha. So what, what we want to do is we want to shift once we intercept the saboteur. That's the first step. The second thing we want to do is then move to that sage space. And it's I'm only touching the tip of the iceberg here. But the sage brain operates from the perspective that everything can be turned into a gift and opportunity. And the major exception to that is like the loss of a loved one, the loss of a pet, the loss of it, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause that's grieving and that's totally separate, but a challenge or an obstacle can be turned into a gift or opportunity. Even if that opportunity is only to think about it in terms of this is going to help me grow. So when we think about that, the magical part of that is then we're not afraid of it right? So we don't have to wait. We don't have to hold ourselves back. We move forward through it. So does that make sense? It does. It does. So let me just repeat. It's the sage brain. It's the muscle. It's where you've now identified one of the 10 saboteurs. You can now say, okay, let's go and turn it into an opportunity. Well, it's like when a challenge presents itself. When the challenge presents itself. So when the challenge presents itself, and then they will say, this will help me grow. That's one of the gifts. That could be one of the gifts from it, you know, because like, let's say that you're faced with it with a challenge and this. Okay. So I've coached people like this. Uh, something new comes up, right? And we have to try out a new skill because let's say our job changes, right? I work a lot with high performing managers. 
So let's say their job shifts a little bit and they have the stickler saboteur, which is a perfectionist. It's very easy in that moment to think, oh my gosh, but I don't have those skills. I can't be perfect with this, right? And that keeps us from taking action. But the beauty is when we say, hey, that's just the saboteur, right? If I reframe this to say this new skill set, this new challenge is going to help me grow, right? This is going to further my development, let's say. We can start to release that fear we have about around taking action. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. And by the way, if anybody, if your listeners are interested, there's a great book. The founder of this, Positive Intelligence, there's a book called Positive Intelligence. His name is Shirzad Shamin, and he is a lecturer at Stanford. And he spent a lot of time, as did the researchers, diving into four main disciplines. So there's neuroscience, cognitive behavioral psychology, performance psychology, and positive psychology. And positive psychology is a study of human flourishing. And that's what my graduate degree was in. So he really kind of took all this research and put it together and came up with this model. So this is not my thinking. This is just, you know, science that I believe in. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So those are the first two. And then the third one is to develop our self-command muscle in our brain. So the question that caught my attention, Paul, was, now keep in mind, one of my main saboteurs was hypervigilance, right? I've always said, like, if worry were an Olympic event, and I'm not trying to brag here, (laughs) but I I would win the gold, right? (laughs) Easily, hands down. I'm Usain Bolt and everybody else is running for second. I've always said that. So the thing that really caught my mind when I was, you know, first introduced this program, the question was posed, are you really in command of your own mind? And I thought, that's stupid. Of course I am. The next question was this. So are you really commanding your mind to wake you up at two in the morning, worrying about stuff that you can't do anything about in that moment? And I thought, oh, that's a good question, because that was my life for years, waking up at two in the morning, ruminating on all the stuff that could possibly go wrong. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm not as much command of my own mind as I thought I was. But there are simple exercises that you can do in 10 second bursts where you Let's say you focus on your own breathing or you focus on something that you're seeing outside the window or sound or like tactile. There are many, many different ways to do this, but you do it in 10 second bursts. And those are called PQ reps. And a PQ is short for positive intelligence quotient. But that's how you begin to bring your mind back. So then you're in that sage space. So you can take clear headed laser focus action because you said it in the intro. If we don't take action, we're not in the game. We can't learn. We can't grow. We can't move forward. And that's one of the things over the years, because at this point, I've coached more than 3000 people. Most of those are sales managers. But the thing is, unless we are willing to try something, we can't get better. You know, it's like if I want to learn how to play basketball and, and shoot a free throw, I can't just read a book about it. I have to get on the line and I have to practice with the ball in my hand, what it's like to shoot free throws. And so yeah. we have to do something to get ourselves in the game. So those are the three things that we can do. The, the saboteur interceptor, work on that muscle, yep. the sage muscle, and then the self-command muscle. This is awesome. I mean, this is just awesome, Bobby. Helping people put together a little framework to improve and a little life hack to yeah. help them put something together to say, you know, this is what I you know need to do. Question for you, with the saboteur interceptors of the 10, what's the most popular one? Or the most popular one or two, or is it just really distributed evenly? 
I don't think there's a, a one that's more popular than the other. It would probably depend on, <laughs> it probably depends on like in sales. Yeah. High achieving tends to be one of them. Okay. Right. But it's all over the board. And here's the thing. Yeah. Like typically people will have two to three main ones. Oh, okay. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're kind of a blend. The only one that's universal is the judge. And the judge is curious because the judge comes in three forms. There's judging of ourselves, which I think most of us are aware of that. There's judging of others. And the tricky one, the sneaky one, I think, is judging of circumstances. And that is the one that keeps us stuck. It's the one that says, you know, there's something wrong with my circumstances now, so I cannot be happy now. Like, I won't be happy until I get that new car or... You know, I lose 10 pounds or my golf score is X, whatever that might be. <laughs> but it's telling yeah. us we can't be happy now. And that really keeps us stuck. So you'd said there's three, ourselves, others, and circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gosh, I'd never thought of that, Judge, that we do spend excess amount of time of one of those three. You know, judging yeah. ourselves, beating ourselves up. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. Oh. I'm not strong enough. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just natural of us to do that. And then we say, oh, you know, look at that other person. Let's judge others, you know, that they come from a, a wealthy family. And then the third is our circumstances. Oh, if I had this, I would be better. That's right. Or I'd be happy. I'd be happy. And yeah. And my spin on that, and this was interesting, it was this summer this became revealed to me. My judging the circumstances there, it's not so much the I'll be happy when, which is a huge one that a lot of people have. My version of that is I can relax when, you know, oh. like when I make it through the next big presentation, then I can relax. And what researchers at Harvard, they call that, and it's high achievers are really, really prone to that specific thing that I'll be happy when or I'll relax when, because that's how we hit our goals, right? I can push myself to hit any goal there is. So high achievers are truly, truly vulnerable to this. The problem is that the researchers at Harvard on happiness, they call that negative happiness because what happens? Like you have this big goal, you hit the goal, you feel good for like, I don't know, 10 seconds. And then you're like, what's the next big goal? And that feeling that we have when we hit the goal, it's actually not happiness, it's relief. Oh. But we think that it's happiness. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, when I read that, I mean, well, actually, I was I went through a course there. I was an online course with a Tal Ben Shahar. He's amazing. He has a book called Happier. He's one of the leading professors at Harvard. Highly recommend that book too. When I heard him say that, I'm like, you just described me. Yeah. You know, and I think about all the people I've coached over the years. And so many times they say to me some version of this, why do I never celebrate my success? Or when I finally, you know, why do I always move the goalposts back on myself? It's the same thing. We're always doing that. And it keeps happiness elusive. And that's the problem with it. Wow. I want to be direct and transparent, maybe a little vulnerable. I'm that same way because I, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm on my bike and I'm thinking, man, I'd just be so much happier if I could do 75 miles without stopping or I'd be so much happier. I mean, I I fall victim to that, Bobby. We all do. And I was chuckling there, Paul, not at you, (laughs) but because you sound just like my husband because he's always thinking, well, you know, I needed 20 miles an hour today. Poor baby. (laughs) That's good. But it's like, oh, if I could just do 21. This is where that judge shows up 
And that is keeps us from being our best. It keeps us from being our happiest. And it's once we start noticing it, it's stunning how much it shows up. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because like I'll be speaking with a client in the morning. They said, you know, how are things going? I was, oh, good. So what's going on? I said, you know, I didn't hit 35 miles in an hour and a half this morning. They said 35 in the car. I said, no, on my bike. Said, on your bike. <laughs> 30, you already biked 35 miles this morning? I said, well, yeah, it's nothing. I mean, it's, <laughs> but it's that, it's that negative happiness you talk about. Yeah. It's robbing us, and we need to tweak and adjust that. And so when that happens, what you're saying, Bobby, is we then need to go to the sage brain mm-hmm. and shift from that and jump to stage two of the sage brain and just say, there's an opportunity I need to say that I biked the 35 or with our clients, you know, we have 2 million or I have 5 million or I have 1 million. So go neutral. Is that what you're saying? The first step is like using your biking example. The first step is to recognize that's the judge telling me a lie. Okay. Okay. Right. That is the first step. Okay. Once you do that, then you can more easily access the sage part of your brain. So let's say that you really have a goal of biking 35 miles in the morning, but let's say you only got in, I don't know, 30, right? Yeah. yeah. You could say, okay, so now I'm going to take a step back. I'm no longer judging myself. If I really want to get to 35, what would I need to change? Do I need to start a little bit earlier? Do I need to work on my nutrition? Because the sage brain, that's when you're at your most creative. And there's a difference. This is a really important distinction There's a huge difference between judging and discernment. So the difference is, let's say, I'm going to shift the example for a second. Let's say that you're working on a team project and you're like, oh my goodness, things aren't going well. We're going to miss a deadline. Now, in that case, it's good to say, oh, something's not going right. But we don't have to judge it because once we judge it and we start judging others, we start judging ourselves, it's this downward spiral, right? Oh, we're all losers and no one's contributing. We're all lazy, all this kind of stuff. And we can't solve anything. But the discernment comes in when we say things aren't going as well as they should be going or they could be going. What could we do about that? But we're coming from the space where now we can come at it creatively. We have access to the best parts of our brain and our problem solving to solve the problem. So does that help? Yes, it does. And so we then discern. And I love that. And you said at the beginning that stage two was the most complex and there's so much there. I so mean, many layers. I mean, so many layers. And you said, I'm just touching the surface. And so yeah. you did say that. But that discernment in stage two of the sage and the creative and the survival, you then go to the third, which is the self-command muscle. And walk us through with that example, what that would be then. Okay. So with the biking? Yeah. Okay. So that would be, and these are not always sequential, right? It right. can go yeah. saboteur, interceptor, self-command, and then sage. So let's say that you're biking and you know, we all know, like, because I'm a road cyclist too. Some days you have it, some days you don't, right? Some some days you've got the legs for it. And other days it's like, okay, I'm just going to complete my ride. It doesn't doesn't matter how long this is. So let's say it's one of those days when you're trying to hit a certain speed and you know it's not happening, right? So the three steps there could be intercept the saboteur, the judge telling me I'm not really a cyclist. And then that way, I think the next thing I do is the self-command to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a couple PQ reps here. I'm going to pay attention to how do the wheels sound? How do the gears sound? I'm going to really get in tune with like 
some kind of tactile or audio or visual cue so that I can quiet my brain. I'm quieting the voices in my head saying you're not good enough. And then the sage part of it, that's when you'd go to sage and say, okay, so a little bit more about the sage. Part of the sage brain is empathy, empathy towards ourselves and empathy towards others. So that's what comes to mind for me, Paul, when you're talking about yeah. like, oh, I only got the 35 in. Yeah. Then it'd be like, hey, you know what? Maybe today wasn't my best day, yeah. but I'm still a strong rider and I'll yeah. ride stronger tomorrow. So that would be a piece of the sage brain there. And maybe, the sage aspect. maybe my cycling outfit was okay, but my legs weren't. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, could be the outfit too. Sometimes, you know, depends on what you're wearing. It slows you down for sure. <laughs> you know? But you try to find the good in it, you know? You try That's to right. The scenery was great or the company was yeah. great. Or, you it know, was still a great ride. I got stronger. I got stronger. I was able to see. I mean, just last week I was coming back from, you know, the west side of town and coming to the intersection. I just go through the intersection and there was a coyote just sitting there. No way. It was like from like five feet away. And I thought, well, hey, little doggy. And I thought, no, that's a coyote. <laughs> you know? that's, no, that's no doggy. Yeah, that's no doggy. And I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me going, you're weird. You look like a clown. And I'm saying to him, you're looking for your breakfast. But, you know. That's was, right. I mean, it was, it was just something unexpectedly that was positive And, you know, have some compassion and have some empathy and implement it. And know yeah. that oftentimes it's interesting how you say that. They're not sequential. So if you go from the saboteur down in self-command back to the sage and compassion and empathy will get you through it. Em empathy is going to take you a long way. And empathy, it's interesting because the sage has five superpowers. Empathy is the one that most people are missing. And especially, well, we can be empathetic towards others, no. right? It's yeah. empathy towards ourselves. And high achievers are very prone to that. I was being coached. She's an emotional intelligence coach. And I was going through a program. I score tremendously high in empathy. It's one of the reasons I'm good as a coach and I'm a good facilitator. And she asked me, she's like, yeah, you score high in empathy. She goes, when's the last time you've given empathy to yourself? And Paul, I just sat there and looked at her. I'm like, well, I didn't know I was supposed to. So I guess that's the answer. Yeah. Wow. We don't. And high achievers are really prone to that. And we think if I take my foot off the gas pedal, I'm not going to be successful. Oh. And so many of us can look at it and say, I got to where I am because I can push myself hard. And yes, that is true until it becomes a weakness. And that's what happened to me back in 2003 when I got sick. I pushed myself so hard. I ignored all the warning signs. I had mono and I'm like, just stop being a baby and keep going. And I kept going to the point where I collapsed and I had doctors tell me, like, you really shouldn't be alive. There's no medical explanation for why you're alive. So that's yeah. a particular, I don't know, yeah. passion of mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Bobby, I appreciate you sharing that and letting yourself be vulnerable because, you know, that's how we can all learn. And, you know, you just came up with the five superpowers of the sage brain. You mentioned one of them was the empathy. What were the other four? And you said in the beginning that the sage section was just so <laughs> deep. It's huge. It's huge. Okay. Yeah. So there's activate. Activate. Okay, that's, yep. And then you have empathy. Okay. And you have explore. Okay. Then you have innovate. Okay. And navigate. And navigate is all about connecting to your passion and your purpose. Yeah. So like using your bike example, right? Yeah. Earlier, yeah. if you're like, okay, so now I've intercepted the saboteur. I've done my self-command. I'm in the sage brain. 
to think about it in terms of, okay, which of those five superpowers would benefit me right now? And probably the first one is the empathy to give yourself yeah. some grace. Yeah. But the second one could be, okay, so if I really do want to get faster, what are different things that are ride longer, get faster, whatever you could reach for innovate? What are some different things I could try? You know what I mean? So that's, gotcha. yeah. it's, yeah, I think now that, yeah. that yeah. I've explained the five, it yeah. kind of helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And those are the sources to get the power yes. inside to help then do the saboteur to pull it back and to bring it in alignment. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Bobby, <laughs> this is this is just great stuff. I'm so grateful that you were able to join us and our listeners today. And I mean, it's just, it's awesome. And all of us are all trying to become better. We're all mm-hmm. trying to become better performers, not using the word high performers, because that's sort of a saboteur, which is what you've taught us today. And uh, when it's taken too far, when it's taken too far, yep. when it's taken too far and salt is good, but not too much. <laughs> Overdue. The <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's good. Salt's wonderful unless you dump too much in. <laughs> yep. And Bobby, how can our listeners follow your work and even talk about that free assessment that you talked about at the beginning? Yeah. So my website is just bobbykaler.com. And do you want me to spell it or are you going to put it in the show notes? We'll put it in the show notes. Yep. Perfect. And what I'll do is I can send you the link too, but if they want the free assessment, it's bobbykaler.com slash, I think it's saboteurs. So I'll send you that link as well. Because like I say, it's like a five minute assessment and it gives you such a cool report. It really is the first step to start identifying which ones do I have and how are they showing up and what are the lies that they're telling. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Bobby, for uh, being with us. Thank you for having me as a guest. This was Thank you. fun. I love talking about it. This episode of the Arista Wealth Podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more advice on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle so you can focus on living your dreams. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.